The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. The one-two pitch, ball line to Yout, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air... Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history. Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center. He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well, and it's gone! Morgan a smash up the middle, base hit the center. Here comes Gomez around third. A throw and the Brewers win. The Brewers are moving on on a base hit by Nigel Morgan. Here it is. Yelich sends one to right center and deep. Get up, get up, get out of here and go for Yelich. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. And me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast. So you're telling me there's a chance, Adam. We're we're still in the hunt. We're still in the race. It's not over yet. It very well could have been over at any point over the last week or so. But the Brewers keep winning just enough. A a loss here or there from opponents they're chasing keep them in the race they are still the team that you would say is least likely to finish in playoff position as that final national league wild card uh but they're still there and uh that means we still have meaningful baseball to talk about for hopefully the next week and change uh nice weekend in the land of terrible chili uh adam how you doing I'm doing well. I'm going to start off with a challenge for the listeners, which is to guess which of us, by our voice, spent the weekend at a wedding. Uh, we, I don't know. Can we come up with a prize for that? Is it too easy? We'll find out. But I'm, I'm doing well. Tough, tough Sunday loss for the Brewers. We'll obviously get, get into the ins and outs of it. But in thinking about it, I mean, four straight wins going into that. I'm I'm struggling to be annoyed at what this team is doing right now. I feel like 
they're giving it their all and they're playing at the kind of level that you'd want to see them play down the stretch. It's just not the stretch that's going to decide this season for them. It's they put themselves in a position where they've had a lot to try and claw their way back from. And kind of unfortunately, too, it feels like every time there's a chance to gain some really meaningful ground, that's the day the Brewers decide to let one slip. And that that was the case on Sunday where the gap really could have closed in on the Phillies. But look, nine home games to go. Phillies on the road all the way. Padres, a little bit shakier recently, and they do have the Dodgers, which, as we talked about before, even if the Dodgers don't have um, maximum motivation, a Dodgers second string is just about better than every other team in baseball. So there's always hope there. Brewers just need to keep going like they're going, but a, a loss like that is a is a tough one, even though it is asking a lot to just be like, no, you can't make any mistakes now, but that is a result of the mistakes they made in series against teams like the Reds earlier in the season. Yeah, exactly. If uh, there were more three out of fours against bad teams, or two out of threes against bad teams instead of series losses earlier in the season, things would not be so dire now. But for the most part, a really good weekend out in Cincinnati um, as we transition specifically to the games. And I'll say before we we uh, get into that, um, if the Dodgers just want to play meaningful baseball for one more week and then give up, I would be fine. Come on. Have some integrity, uh, I say, hopefully. Uh Thursday night is a four-game series. As we mentioned, things get started. Brandon Woodruff on the mound against Hunter Green. And once again, as we've said uh, a lot of times uh, during this stretch after he came back from the IL, Brandon Woodruff had the goods. Another great performance for him. The Brewers would get things started uh, in a way that would be consistent across the game in every single run-scoring scenario in the second inning. Hunter Renfro on base, Colton Wong homers to right field to make it 2-0 Brewers in the second inning. In the sixth, Colton Wong again sends a homer to right field that just barely got above the wall. Rowdy Tlez was on base. It makes it 4-0. Uh, Kyle Farmer gets the only run of the game for the Reds in the sixth inning with a home run to left, and that was all Brandon Woodruff would allow. Six innings pitched, three hits, one run. It was earned, that Kyle Farmer homer. Two walks, 11 strikeouts, uh, 96 pitches, ERA down to 318 on the year. Just another great performance from Brandon Woodruff. And uh, I think it was Kurt Hope or it might have been G.R. Radcliffe. I can't remember. Someone had, had posited a question via an article in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel wondering, is Brandon Woodruff the best big game pitcher in in uh, like recent Brewers history? And, you know, is this a big game? Yes, by virtue of where they are in the standings, but it's just, it seems like Brandon Woodruff, especially this season, has developed into the most reliable pitcher that the Brewers have. It's just, you know exactly what you're going to get when Woodruff is on the mound. You're going to get at least six innings, probably between three and zero runs allowed. And a lot of the time, you're going to get him into that seventh inning. Uh, just another really solid performance from Woodruff. And it's, it's just showing the really, really high end potential of this rotation when him, if him and Burns get synced up at the same time and are both elite at the same time. For sure. I think there's no doubt that of the starting pitchers in this roster, Corbin Burns has the best stuff. 
but Woody does have consistency dialed in um, since coming back from injury in a way that has not been true for, for Corbin. I believe before this game, his ERA for second half of the season was like 223, something like that. It was very, very impressive. Honestly, that matches up with the eye test. It may actually even be a little bit higher than you'd almost expect because it does feel like Woody's out there you know, a lot of shutouts, one run maybe here or there, you get a single shot. But he's been he's been in complete control. And that has been essential. Like when we look at what's gone wrong for the Brewers in the second half of the season, if it wasn't for Brandon Woodruff coming back in the kind of form he has, this season is already over. I, I really mean that. He has just been so, so good every time he takes to the mound. And this was no exception. Also, it just feels like his strikeout numbers are kind of trending upward consistently and where earlier in the season, even though he'd have a good game, you might see kind of some eight strikeout. Double digits is just becoming pretty routine for him. So he's really got it working. He's been absolutely essential to the Brewers. And that's you talked a lot when we started this podcast and even predating your time of being locked in on every Brewers game. Corbin Burns Day, you were ready, you were locked in, you were excited to see what Corbin would do. I'm like that with Brandon Woodruff. That's that's kind of where I am. He is the the starting pitcher that I do get most excited to watch, maybe in part just because I feel like there's the least variance there at the moment. And the the best chance of a happy Brewers watching experience probably comes with Brandon Woodruff starts right now. No, uh, that's that's definitely true. Um also in this game, we got some really good uh, relief performances from Peter Streslecki. He throws a scoreless inning. Uh, Matt Bush throws a scoreless inning. Jake Cousins closes things out with a scoreless inning. But the story of this game beyond Woodruff was just a one-man show offensively. And obviously Colton Wong produced every run scoring uh, plate appearance with his three home runs. He also provided... Um, uh, or excuse me, he also provided nearly all of the hits in general. <laughs> the three homers from Colton Wong, Willie Adamas as his single, and that's it. It was literally Colton Wong doing everything at the plate in this game. Uh, and and they needed it. Uh, they didn't need all of them, technically, because of the great performance by Woodruff and the, and the rest of the uh, pitching staff. But... Uh, very cool to see Colton do what he did with the bat there. It's been a very weird season for him defensively. I think he's got a career high 17 errors this year. Uh, but with the bat, he's, I mean, up there with some of his career best seasons. His OPS I mean, career, career, right now. career high home runs now with yeah, that career, game. Career high in home runs now up to 15 on the year. Most of his careers OPS plus of 118 is the highest of his career. Hitting 254, 336, 437 for a 773 OPS. Uh, if you were combining that with his typical great defense, this would be a season a lot of people would be talking about more glowingly. But with the bat, it Colton Wong after early season uh, scuffles has been tremendous and very cool three homer game there uh, to give the fans a show in Cincinnati. Moving on that, to the sorry, just that that seven seventy three OPS for Colton Wong just doesn't feel like an insignificant thing at all. Like if we're gonna look back at areas where the Brewers haven't got the most out of players this season, given as you said some of the struggles he had early in the season, 
um, for his OPS to be even within range of 800 is very impressive and a testament to a lot of his, his later season form. But that doesn't seem like a a kind of a nothing thing that the, the Brewers have got that he's been pretty solid with the bat. Yeah, Colton Wong with the bat has been Colton Wong. I mean, this is very similar to the year he put up last year, except he's doing it with more volume. He only played 116 games last year uh, to put up his 783 OPS. And then, like you said, he surpasses last season, which was his career high in homers before this. Just a, a really good, and for the most part, after uh, an early blip on the radar, very consistent season with the bat since especially the all-star break. I feel like we've been talking about consistently Colton just providing exactly what the Brewers need. And it makes that situation that we talked about many times that we'll get into at a later date about whether or not he's back next year makes that question for me an easier one to answer, but you know, you never can tell. Uh, game two of this series on Friday night marked the return of Eric Lauer to the rotation. Uh, I think uh, this start was always supposed to be probably shorter than a normal Eric Lauer start, given the fact that they were not able to ramp him up via a rehab appearance. But this start uh, did not go well from the get-go for Eric Lauer in Cincinnati. Um, First inning uh, gets to start off a little rocky. Uh, The Reds would jump out to a 2-0 lead. Starts the game off by walking Jonathan India. A steer single to left puts two on. Cal Farmer doubles down the line to score steal, a steer and Jonathan India. It's 2 nothing Reds after the first inning, but the Brewers would answer in the top of the second. After Wong flies out, Andrew McCushion walks. Luisa Rios singles, and then Victor Caratini doubles to right. Luisa Rios, uh, excuse me, McCutcheon scores first. And Luisa Rios scores on a real uh, weird throwing error by Aquino. Uh, there was really no chance of Arias scoring on the play before Aquino fires a ball wide of home plate and uh, some good heads up base running by Arias ends up making this game two, two Lauer only last two and two thirds innings, two and two thirds innings, five hits, two runs. They were both earned three walks, the big issue, uh, three strikeouts. So tough return to the mound for Eric Lauer. Uh, But this gave way for Luis Perdomo to provide just an absolutely tremendous relief performance. He would later be sent to the uh, IL uh, retroactively. So he will effectively, I I think, be done for the regular season, given that. But three and a third innings pitch, one hit, no runs, four strikeouts for Perdomo. Perdomo providing some nice bulk innings to bridge the gap between Lauer and the rest of the bullpen. Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, helps the scoring in the fifth. A fielder's choice scores Rowdy Teles to make it 3-2 Brewers. Then in the seventh, McCutcheon again, a double scores Colton Wong and Hunter Renfro to make it 5-2. Uh, in the eighth inning, uh, a fielder's choice would get another run home uh, for the Reds. This was uh, a ball that should have been a double play, but Colton Wong attempts a very strange jump throw that gets by Rowdy Teles at first base. It would end up scoring. A run it makes it five free brewers at that point but the brewers would end up closing things down uh with devin williams providing one and a third innings pitch and striking out three reds brewers get the five three win uh great performance by luis perdomo and andrew mccutcheon uh coming up with 
putting the ball in play when he needed to and two opportunities when the Brewers needed runs. And they got out the win that did not start in an ideal way. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Shout out to Andrew McCutcheon. Um, his first RBI in this game was the 1,000th of his career. So into a Pretty exclusive club of active players at 1,000 RBI. Um, some solid work for him. A couple different points in this this series, but experience, the Andrew McCutcheon experience has been up and down and probably not quite what we would have hoped for, certainly at the best of it. Certainly not what Mark Apanasio hopes for when he found that Andrew McCutcheon-sized wad of cash in his budget. Um, Perdomo, really great work here. Like... <laughs> That's the kind of performance that keeps the whole series afloat, essentially. When Lara gives you 66 pitches, was it? Yeah, 66 pitches. That's okay. That's probably even good in terms of pitch count. He just didn't have it at all. Like if if you'd said before the game, Lara was going to be able to go 66 pitches, I would have been optimistic and hoped for something a little bit more than that. But for Perdomo to come in then, be super efficient, give you three in the third innings, allow no runs, that is a big deal. So I tip my hat to him. That was crucial, not just for winning this game, um, which was by far the closest of the series, but also, well, by far the closest of the series that the Brewers won, I should say. Um, but also just for sparing some guys, you know, allowing the Brewers to manage these games in some kind of order. Um, Perdomo's three and third innings is in some ways just about as important as what you're getting out of Brandon Woodruff and what you're getting out of Corbin Burns to just keep the bullpen in some sort of order in this series, given you're working so many guys back from injury really late in the day. Uh, the other player I just want to shout out in this game is Garrett Mitchell. Um, went two for four and Anytime he gets on base, he is an absolute menace. The man is lightning fast. 
any kind of contact. I think it was God, I can't remember. Someone had a it was Yali. It was Yali had a really ugly chopper that just about got to the outfield. And Gary <laughs> Mitchell is just he is flying around the bases. It's two to three every time he gets on. And um, it's any kind of contact he is able to run. Maybe this is a luxury that other teams have, that other fan bases have enjoyed through some player or another throughout the season. We really haven't. I mean, Yelich is fast. Yelich is a really good base runner. But this kind of speed is something different. And if into next season, we could see things pick up with the bat and he just becomes solid with the bat, solid enough that you're you're happy to play him, find opportunities for him. Having a guy that can run like that is a tool that may help the Brewers offense in some of those nights where it's like struggling to score one run, struggling to find anything where if he gets on, he's giving you a really good chance of scoring on the nights where the homers maybe aren't quite going for you. Uh, Adam, there's a player that um, is the, is the worst case scenario for Garrett Mitchell's career. So he can still have a very happy career if this works out. It's a guy by the name of Terrence Gore. It, he was never able to really figure out how to hit at the big league level. But at the end of the year, every baseball season, he ends up on someone's postseason roster just because of how valuable he is on the base pass. <laughs> so I think he's uh, won the World Series with – he was in the organization with the Braves, I believe, uh, when they won the World Series, with the Dodgers when they won the World Series with the Royals when, the, when they won the World Series. So I think he has three World Series rings, despite being a guy that for most seasons is not on uh, Major League rosters. So worst-case scenario, maybe Garrett Mitchell can, can carve out a career like that. But until, you know, until he's given the full, the full chance, uh, we're not counting on that. But just something uh, sprung to mind just because of how just that elite speed plays for Garrett Mitchell. Moving on to Game 3. On Saturday, Corbin Burns on the mound, but this was what we can deem the Hunter Renfro game. As uh, Todd Rosiak from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel noted, going into this game, Renfro had had a really bad September, a 198 batting average and a 582 OPS in 21 games in September. And he changed that <laughs> in, a, in a big way in this game and then a little bit in, on Sunday as well. Uh, the Reds would end up, getting the scoring uh, started first in this game uh, as Alejo Lopez would uh, single to right field to score. Kyle Farmer makes it one, nothing out of the first Corbin would eventually get out of that inning. And then for the most part, be very good after that point in the fourth inning, uh, Graham Ashcraft on the mound for the Cincinnati Reds, Hunter Renfro two run Homer scores himself and Rowdy Tellez makes it two one. Omar Narvaez would single to left field to score Andrew McCutcheon to make it three one. And then Tyron Taylor singles opposite field to right to score. Luis Arias makes it 4-1 Brewers after the fourth. That would be the final inning of the game for Graham Ashcraft. After that point, the Reds would go to the bullpen and bring in Connor Overton. Oh, excuse me. I lost my place <laughs> in my notes here. In the fifth inning, Renfro was added again. Sends another home run into left field to score himself and Rowdy Tellez to make it 6-1. In the seventh, Willie Adamas double to left scores Christian Yelich. In the seventh, and uh, as well, another Hunter Renfro plate appearance. A chopped single through a drawn-in infield makes it eight to one. Brewers 
Luis Arias follows that with a single to right. The score Renfro makes it 9-1 Brewers. In the seventh, uh, a Matt Reynolds single scores. Fairchild sends Aquino to third, makes it 9-2 Brewers. And then a Rowdy Telez Homer would be the cherry on top in the ninth inning to make it 10-2. Corbin Burns goes six and a third, four hits, two runs. Both are in three walks, eight strikeouts. Uh, Trevor Gott came in with runners on the corners in the seventh. Got a double play ball to get Burns out of that inning, so it could have been worse, but nice work from Gott there. Scoreless innings from Taylor Rogers and Brent Suter. Uh, Hunter Renfro hits the ball far. Corbin Burns does just enough to get through nearly seven innings, and the Brewers win 10-2. Pretty easy win after starting down one nothing. My biggest takeaway from this game is if you were the Cincinnati Reds and you're putting Aleo Lopez in to pitch like yes. in the game, intentionally walk ready to less. <laughs> I, I just did not understand that. You put a position player in and it's like, yeah, you've got ready to less. And he just tosses one up there for Rowdy to smash out. I, it, I found that really, really It looked like really a beer funny. league softball home run, like a slow pitch <laughs> softball home run more than any I've seen this season. Rowdy has had no shortage of home runs this year. I think we're up to 33 now. Uh, he has certainly not had one as easy as that. He looked almost surprised. He had time, probably in real time, to process. Oh, really? This is what he's throwing to me? Okay, I'll just hit that one for a home run. So I did enjoy that. I don't know. Is I mean, you're waving the white flag already when you're p- pitching with a position player. So the team's just not intentionally walk in that kind of situation. But don't just leave him out there to die. You know, don't give him rowdy to les. Oh, that was a tough scene. I can see why maybe you... uh you would have lost your place in your notes because you're probably seeing Hunter Renfro's name a lot, a lot of overlap there. Big country stepping up. Um, a couple of really nice games in this series for him. Um, it seems like maybe we're getting into one of those hot streaks because this is how he runs. That wouldn't be a bad idea for the final nine games. If we were to get a run like we did, I was right out of um, the all-star break, right, from Hunter Renfro when he was just absolutely on fire. Brewers could certainly do that kind of version of him again. Um, But it feels like we haven't seen a whole lot of great from him for a while. He just kind of chips away at it, and every now and then there's a homer. But that one he hit into the upper deck is a reminder that when Hunter Renfro hits a ball, he hits a ball hard. There is not anyone else on this this roster who just with that consistency absolutely crushes them. So great to see Hunter Renfro deliver um, and double digit runs. I don't know. Maybe I'm forgetting something recently, but it feels like it's, it's been a while since the Brewers have been in that territory on a quick scroll up the schedule. No, I'm 100% right. The last time it happened was the 27th of July against the Minnesota twins. So good to see the Brewers really pile on some runs. Although, maybe they should have saved some for a later date. Yeah, I, I propose a new rule where you can sprinkle runs across the series, uh, and it's the series are based on an aggregate score. Not actually, but uh, this final game of the series just goes to show you how hard it is to win four baseball games in a row against the same team. Uh, Nick Lodolo on the mound against... Um, Freddie Peralta making his return to the rotation in what was always planned to be a short start, pairing him with Aaron Ashby. Nick Lodolo has been 
very good against the Brewers this year, and that did not change. Um, he seems to really have uh, found something against them. And, uh, you know, he's having a pretty good ser- season overall, 3.75 ERA, um, first-round pick from a few years ago. So not surprising. He's supposed to be good, and it seems like he is against the Brewers. Uh, not a lot to talk about in this one, um, but it was a very painful one. Hunter Renfro in the second inning gets the scoring started. Um, with a solo home run uh, to right center field, this time going a little bit uh, opposite field up the middle rather than just to the pull side. So Hunter Renfro can homer anywhere. Um, And then uh, things would unfortunately uh, go a little bit awry in the fourth inning. Austin Romine hit by a pitch uh, with, at that point, I believe uh, Aaron Ashby on the mound makes it one-to-one in the fourth inning. Freddie Peralta went two innings, two hits, no runs, a walk, three strikeouts. There were some times where his velocity was getting back there up to uh, numbers where we're more used to seeing him. I saw a 96 in there, 94. Uh, Obviously, with the short stint, he's able to empty the tank a little bit more. So interesting to see how that progresses. Uh, I'm trying to do the math. We'll probably get one more Freddie start before the year ends. Someone else do that math for me. Uh, Aaron Ashby struggled with c- command and ending in two thirds, two hits, the one run via the hit by pitch, and then uh, two walks. Peter Strezlecki comes on to relieve him with the bases loaded, ends up getting out of that inning. Great relief work again from Strezlecki, one in a, a third innings pitch, no runs, no walks, no hits, two strikeouts. Trevor Gott throws a scoreless inning. Uh, Brad Boxberger throws a scoreless inning, and then Matt Bush on the mound uh, in the eighth inning is where this one uh, would get away from the Brewers. And uh, unfortunately, when you're only scoring a run via a solo homer, uh, that's just kind of the the risk you run with. I'm trying to get this guy's first name. The biggest issue with scrolling through different tabs is trying to figure out who the hell all these Cincinnati Reds are, because uh, this is the guy that replaced Brandon Drury. Spencer Steer is his first name. Uh, Homers to center field in the eighth off of Matt Bush makes it 2-1 Reds, and that would be that. Uh, The Brewers would get nothing in the ninth inning, uh, three strikeouts, and lose 2-1. Only compiled five hits across the game. Renfro's solo homer uh, being one of them. A Mike Brasso hit, a Luis Arias hit, Keston Kira got in on it, and Tyrone Taylor as well, so Top of the order, not really contributing in this game. And the, the runs had just finally run out. Nick Lodolo uh, baffles the Brewers yet again. And it went three out of four. But this one really hurt as the Braves would beat the Phillies. This was an opportunity for the Brewers to get just a half game back of the Phillies. And it was not to be. The one thing I'll say here is there was one particularly bad slice of luck for the Brewers in this game, which I think essentially it cost them the win. Um, yeah. And it was right after Renfro's homer in the second inning. Um, you've got two outs. You've got Kessinger on second, and I believe Mike Brasso was on third. Uh, yep. Tyrant Taylor hits a ball well that looks destined for the gap, find its way out to the, to the left field, and instead it hits Kessinger. Uh, that's that where what was likely going to be two runs coming home and a 3-0 Brewers lead. Instead, 
you get outlining with just the one run um, with a, a really bad piece of luck. I don't know. Should we read too much into that, Andrew? Is the luck just not there for the Brewers on the way in? But that is two the kind other, of thing there, they could certainly there, use. You had you had something else in mind, did you? There, there are two other instances. Um, there's one time in the fifth where it looked like off the bat, Tyrone Taylor had hit a two-run homer, dives at the warning track. Rowdy Tellez, uh smokes a ball in the seventh, but via the way the runners are, or the position players are set up via the shift, turns into an inning and ending double play. So just situations where you think you've done everything right in terms of your process, in terms of making, you're making your contact and then just wasn't to be. So it was really one of those days, but also when you're not creating a lot of those, as council described them, run scoring opportunities, then you're, you're leaving the, when the luck does not fall in your favor, if that's all you have to rely on over the course of nine innings, not going to win too many baseball games that way. But I mean, like you said, uh, at the end of this next week and a half, really nine days, um, it's not going to be these opportunities that cost the Brewers uh, playoff spot. It's going to be the the midseason swoon, we'll call it. No, and again, they won three in this series and we go through this game and it's like not their finest era offensively, but they did have some moments that things go another way on a different day and you win that game too. I know you could say that about any game, but I think it does feel especially true here. They were very close to doing what they needed to do, which is a tall task. It's not, it's not routine to just sweep any team. Um, but they're in a position where they really need to do that, particularly against the Reds. We'll get into what's coming next, but there is a more difficult challenge to come where you're going to have to take care of business now. That's what happens when you drop one against the Reds. Things get a little little bit dicier for some games down the line where, I don't know, Cardinals, that's tough. We know that's tough. We've been through that all season. Uh, Marlins, as much as there's a lot to like there in terms of what the Brewers should do, you're going to face Sandy Alcantara. That is tough. Um that's that's all not ideal. I see even final game of the season. My guy, Zach Gallen. There's there's some tough pitching matchups that this team is left to face. Um, and that's where one against the Reds is gonna hurt you because you've got two blockbuster Corbin Burns matchups to come where Burns needs to get the better of that matchup and he needs to get the run support. The Brewers just don't have any margin for error. They haven't for a while. They're hanging on by a tread. Other teams are just doing enough to help them out, but no one is going out of their way to crumble and let the Brewers to just walk through the open door. So they're still going to have to take it themselves. And the path to doing so is not easy. Yep, they got to go win it. Um, we'll hand out some beer before looking ahead fully. Uh, I'm going to put you on a on the spot as we start this because this is something i meant to discuss with you and then just this is a didn't. two beer question is it yes are we going two bo- beers for mr colton long for his I, three game th- three homers in one game i think he deserves a three homers in one game is remarkable enough as is but to also be the only brewer to really show up in any kind of offense he did single-handedly win them a game when they need to win every game so Perfect. i think that's Colton where i was deserving two beers that's where I was at as well, but just wanted to confirm before making any unilateral decisions. Colton Wong, six for 14, one walk, three homers, four runs, five RBI, three homers in a single game. 
you're the only offense for the team that gets you two beers. Hunter Renfro, six for 15, three walks, three homers, homers of his own, albeit across two games, six runs, six RBI. Nice bounce back series for Renfro. Rowdy Telez, uh, kind of a lower key series for him, but he was very vital to a lot of the run scoring opportunities because he was always on base. Three for 12, three walks, a homer, five runs, one RBI. Brandon Woodruff, of course, six innings pitch, two walks, three hits, one run, 11 strikeouts. Corbin Burns, six and a third innings pitch, two walks, four hits, two runs, eight strikeouts. Luis Perdomo, a huge in relief um, of Eric Lauer being able to bridge the gap between the start and the back half of the bullpen. Three and a third innings pitch, no walks, one hit, no runs, four strikeouts. Brad Boxberger, two clean innings, no walks, uh, one hit, no runs, four strikeouts. Peter Streslecki, two and a third innings pitch, one hit, no runs, two strikeouts, inherited that bases loaded situation on Sunday and got out of it. Uh, continued to This continues to be a, a very pro Peter Streslecki podcast. Uh, leaderboard through 153 games. We got nine left. Rowdy Tlez leads the way with 23. Christian Yelich with 19. Corbin Burns with 18. Willie Thomas and Corbin Burns with 17. Oh, excuse me. Uh, Willie Adamas alone was 17. Uh, Brandon Woodruff with 14. Andrew McCutcheon with 13. Hunter Renfro with 11. Colton Wong, Devin Peter, or Devin Williams, Chase Peterson with 10. Luis Arias, Tyrone Taylor with 9. Hobie Milner, Kevin Hira, Josh Hader, sad, with 7. Uh, Freddie Peralta with 6. Peter Strzelecki, Aaron Ashby with 5. Brad Boxberger, Victor Caratini, Jason Alexander with 4. Brent Suter, Adrian Hauser, Matt Bush, Taylor Rogers. Trevor Gott, Jonathan Davis with three, Luis Perdomo, Garrett Mitchell, Amar Navais with two, Mike Brasso, Jake Cousins, Yando Gustave, Luke Barker with a single beer. Brings us to the look ahead. And as you mentioned, Adam, uh, some terrifying pitching uh, opponents on the schedule for the Brewers coming up. Tomorrow, all th- so all three National League wildcard teams and most of baseball is off today. Uh, the Brewers will be at home for the rest of the season, as you mentioned. Uh, first, starting with St. Louis, 640 Central start on Tuesday, September 27th. Miles Michaelis versus Adrian Hauser. Then on Wednesday, Jose Quintana, who always seems to have a knack for mm-hmm. pitching well against the Brewers as well, uh, against Brandon Woodruff, uh, 640 Central start. And then both, uh, both of those, I mean, Michaels and Quintana is. They're, they're not slouches. They're no. they're two real quality starting pitchers. So that's a kind of a nice snapshot of what's left for the Brewers if they're to to find a way in. Yep, and uh, the rest of the uh, pitching matchups from there, I don't think are set in stone. ESPN has some guesses, um, but I think one of the things that seems like a near certainty as we get a Friday 7-10 Central Corbin Ferns versus Sandy Alcantara start, which would be must-see television. Uh, we, yeah. we might have to. It's been a while, but we might have to dust off the old playback machine for that one. We might we'll have see, to. We'll or, see if, that's, or, if that suits you. We'll talk schedule potentially, off air. Potentially Woodruff Quintana is also on my mind. I don't know. We can, we can mm-hmm. talk through this yeah. offline, but I think one of these games, we need to finish off the season with at least one more uh, group watch-along as these games mean more than anything right now. But yeah, two, two against the Cardinals, four against Miami, three against Adams, Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, 
one and a half games back of the uh, Phillies right now, three games back of the Padres. Just for note-taking purposes, six and a half back of the Cardinals, but obviously uh, that that one's going to be a it's, pipe dream. It's closer than it once was. That, yeah. that's, that's the one thing I think I said a while ago where it was really getting away from them. But at the same time, you're like, hey, if you just just keep winning and see what happens because you get to play them again. It was even the case when obviously we had that two-game uh, series in St. Louis about, what, two weeks ago? It's like, win both of those, win the other two, and really try and just maximize what you got, and you never know. Um, not to be beyond the pipe dream, but I think when this season is finished, the regular season standings are not going to have quite the gap between the Brewers and Cardinals that we were dealing with for the guts of the back half of this season. Which again, like the focus will be on the wildcard race, but the division race was in the Brewers' hands, and I think even when they let it slip, it wouldn't have taken a whole lot to to be right there and to be fighting for that too and giving yourself two chances at the playoffs. But alas, Andrew, alas. Alas, indeed. Um, the, uh, the um, excuse me, what, what am I looking at? The Philadelphia Phillies have 10 games remaining. The Padres and Brewers only have nine. Padres finish out the year three at home against uh, the Dodgers, three at home against the White Sox, three at home against the Giants. So they are similarly getting some some home cooked meals this week to finish out their year. The Phillies have three at the Chicago Cubs middle of this week, four at the Washington Nationals, three at the Houston Astros. So they are on a long road trip to see where they finish. But it's all coming down to this week. And uh, the Brewers are still in the fight. There was a time when we didn't think they'd even be in the mix with the way they were trending. But here we are. We'll be here to talk about it. Uh, we'll be here to talk about the uh, the Cardinal series on Tuesday, then the Marlins series next Monday, and then the following Thursday, wrapping things up with the Diamondback series. Will we then be doing a playoff preview? Time will tell. You may remember, Andrew, what feels like many years ago now when the Brewers had that very road-heavy first half of the season, had a lot of long road trips, at least two three-game road trips, multiple or three-series road trips, multiple two-series road trips, felt like the Brewers were constantly on the road. And what we kept hearing from the team, what we kept hearing from the broadcast was, you know, down the stretch, though, Brewers get to spend a lot of time at home. Here we are. Nine home games, got to make that count. And particularly, Phillies, their schedule does not look intimidating when we talk opponents. But weird things could happen with a 10-game with a road trip. Like, that, that is not the ideal when you're in this scenario. Although, if you're trying to make the playoffs under pressure and your home stadium would be full with Philadelphia sports fans, <laughs> maybe it's an advantage for the Phillies to be on the road. I don't know. But that's that's the one thing I think for the Brewers right now. You've got your home games. They're banked. You've got to make them count. You've really got to make them count and hope that either the Dodgers roll off tree against the Padres and then the Padres could trip up a couple of times elsewhere or that the road games do get to the Phillies. Neither thing is impossible. Like there is 
there is still a path, but the only way it happens is, I don't know, again, we were talking really kind of gaudy ends to the finish in terms of record last time out. Brewers probably need to go like 8-1. Well, I can say that I've done my part, Adam, because on a cold February evening, sitting in the Durham Performing Arts Center in Durham, North Carolina, before the a Brewers podcast was even a twinkle in my eye. Um, my wife and I each bought, bought us gifts, uh, concerts on back-to-back nights. They happened to be the same day as the, the Manfred round of the playoffs. Now, if the Brewers obviously make that, I'll be agonizing about when that game time is. Um, if if history has taught me anything, a St. Louis Cardinals-Milwaukee Brewers playoff game will be at 2 p.m., so that won't be an issue. That being said, I think me having some anxiety about the situation either way and stress could lead to good things for the Brewers. Just a cosmic balance in the universe to punish me for something. Uh, <laughs> the universe does like to, to force you into selling some of your many tickets. I mean, if there is one thing we know, so let's hope that works out that way. Yeah. If uh, if if the universe is just in any way, we'll be watching Brewers Cardinals in less than a week. No, more a little more than a week. Two weeks, about two weeks. All right, let's hope we are. Uh, I I gotta say, keep your keep your eyes peeled. Get in the Discord if you're not in the Discord already. Get in the Discord. Um, watch out on Twitter. We may we may put together some playbacks this week because some interesting matchups and business end of the season so be fun to watch it with a group of brewers fans we always have a great time doing it so keep an eye out for that because i'm sure if you're listening to us you are probably locked in on this team this week it's it's all or nothing to make sure you never miss an episode of cruiser for bruising subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts you can find us on twitter at brewers gspn i'm at adam mcgee 11 andrew's at ac snide to get into the Discord, to get any information on all things Eurostep Podcast Network, go to gspn.info. That is also where you can find directions to, links to, our other podcasts. Talk of the Tundra, GSPN's Green Bay Packers podcast, hitting your feeds today as you listen to this. If you haven't already checked it out, make sure to go and do so. Breakdown of the Packers not all that convincing, hard-fought, but important win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're nearly there. Books Media Day was on Sunday. The books are back in Milwaukee. They're talking. Preseason action begins soon. Uh, I wish I could say in Milwaukee, but, you know, some of it will take place very, very far from Milwaukee. More on that to come on the Eurostep Podcast Network, home to the Eurostep with Ty and Rowan and winning six with Jordan and I will be we'll be talking about all things books as that season ramps up and make time for this Andrew and I's podcast for pop culture and other things we've we've got an episode will be coming up later this week um originally planned for last week we pushed that back but we'll have an episode with John Luke Dar and some other fun things in the pipeline uh, I think we're gonna have a David Bowie episode on there soon too hopefully so subscribe to all the pods we've got all sorts of things going on until next time thanks again to all of you for listening thank you thanks adam